Welcome to Truvon Talks with Rachel and Linda. We are your hosts for Truvon, and today we're going to talk about mental health in college. And I have we have our guest, which is Georgia and Lily Slagle. They are my sweet nieces, and they are sisters. So, thanks for being here, girls. Of course. Happy to have you all. Hear me? Yes. Do you want to introduce yourselves, girls, and where you're going to college? Yeah, uh, I can start. So my name is Jorba, um, and I am currently a student at Miami University in Ohio, not one in Florida. Um, but yeah, I'm a student. I'll be an incoming junior this year, and I'm studying accounting and entrepreneurship. And I'm Lily, and I'm going to be a sophomore in college this upcoming year. I go to Savannah College of Art and Design, and I'm studying fashion design with a minor in fashion journalism in fashion marketing and management. Wow, those are some very cool majors they got going on. <laughs> very. Yeah, I was just uh, trying to get the dog in the background to hush. Sorry, guys. Okay. All right, so so girls, it's been kind of a strange two years, hasn't it? Like with the pandemic and all the things. So what would you all want to share about your experience with being on campus? I know with Georgia, she was doing a hybrid, right? For a while, is that? Yes. Okay. So I can, I can start off. So my freshman year, um, kind of the year before, I know you're going through this with your son, um, but it's the summer before they go off to college and you feel like I'm 18 now, like I'm an adult, um, but you don't really feel like an adult till you start college yet and you feel kind of that level of independence and where I was going away to college. Um, I was kind of anticipating that moving into a dorm, being like on my own, you know, not living under the same roof as my parents. Um, and that just kept getting pushed back and back and back due to COVID. And I started my first, took my first college class, like it, my first college class ever was in a Zoom meeting um, like this one. So it was just a lot um, to start off that way. It kind of felt like fake school. It didn't really feel real, um, but I don't know. It was just kind of interesting. And then we shifted from that to in-person classes. So just a lot of moving around and shuffling. So about yours yeah well I mean I didn't go to school during the pandemic but I think it was almost I would argue it was even worse I picked my school during the pandemic so um I never got to go on any in-person tours um except for the school I actually ended up going to because um I had just gone uh, to a camp there like my freshman year of high school so it was like I had gone on tours there before, but that was the only school I visited. I didn't get the experience of really going to go and visit all the schools you got into. It was just kind of the virtual tours and all of that. So it was, it was tough. Hmm. Yeah, that is tough. Not knowing really like where you're going. Yeah. yeah. So did you, I'm wondering, is it okay if I go like, a little off 
of the please do Miss Rachel. Okay, I don't want to like put anyone on the spot, but I'm I'm curious. Like, what, so what was it like for you when you finally got to your college that you chose and you weren't super familiar with the area? Were there a lot of surprises for you? Um, I think it was just like a lot of like trial and error. I think like oh, like that was not a good sheet to go down. I should not do that again. And um, just like, like obviously as a girl taking a lot of protection and stuff like that um, and making good friends and going in groups and stuff. So, yeah. So trial and error. Yeah, trial and error for sure, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the buses, we have like a whole bus system at SCAD um, because our campus is not walkable. It's spread out like all over um, Savannah. And so it's was like so, so horrible trying to figure out this app that sometimes would freeze up and trying to figure out how to get on the red bus and then to the yellow bus and then switching over. Um, it was like, it was insane, but it was all a good learning experience for me. Yeah. Uh, and you're on this time crunch. You don't want to like be late for class, right? And you're like, yeah. come on, I have work. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. So what, what type of fears did you girls experience if you feel comfortable sharing on the podcast about leaving home and going off to college and meeting new people and were there any fears before going on campus? Um, for me, I think I was just, I saw what my brother, my brother, I'm in the middle, our older brother went to um, Vanderbilt and loved it. I mean, he went during not a pandemic, but he loved it and he made like great friends and I saw how close he was with his friends. And I just really, really wanted that so badly. So I think just the fear of like not having that or like, you know, something that I wanted so badly not getting. Um, so just the fear of like making friends that I was gonna really form a deep connection with. And it worked out, I ended up making great friends even when during a time when it was harder to make friends because of, you know, the restrictions and everything. But that was definitely a big fear of mine. Um, yeah, I was just missing or being worried that I wouldn't have the experience that I'd always dreamed of. Yeah. Um, I think for me, like my biggest fear was being so far from home. Um, I was like, I'm like maybe 11 hours, 10 hours on a good day from home, uh, like a 10 hour drive. And I just, the thought, sometimes you feel like when you're closer to your family you're more in control but when you're so far away from them sometimes it feels like you don't have any control um so if that makes sense just mm -hmm. feeling slightly not in control of my life and being really far away and um just uh just if anything happened you know like i was out on my own and had to take care of myself so that was really scary. Also, like the thought of not fitting in, not making friends was really scary for me as well. Hmm, that's so vulnerable. I, I imagine most young people when they're going to live on campus do have that fear that they're not going to have connections. Is that what you mean, Lily? Yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. Just making more deeper connections and finding like my people. Mm-hmm. We have to find our tribe wherever we are. So that helps our feeling of belonging, which is an unmet need for humans. Yeah. And we just heard that from both of you, really, like this expectation that you're going to go to college and you're going to make these really awesome, meaningful, lifelong friendships. And like, that's a pretty, that sets the bar pretty high. Like, what if I don't meet that? What if I don't meet my tribe? What if I'm alone? That's scary. From an attachment perspective, um, and Miss Rachel, please always chime in if you have a better question, because you have great questions. Um, So girls, what was it like, because you all have strong bonds to your parents and your brother. I know your brother was already off to school doing his thing, but what was that like? Excuse me. What was that like for you guys to leave your attachment figures from home and, you know, your sister, each other, your mom or dad? What was that like for you two? Um, I think I'm pretty, yeah, you're right. I'm pretty like attached to my parents and I love my parents. Um, and seeing like them cry when they left me, like that, that was hard um, to like see them upset to leave me. Um, I don't, I think like my roommate and I like both didn't tell each other, like we ended up being really good friends, but we both like cried a lot like the week up we were happy to be there but we cried and then we didn't tell each other um like she cried at night and i like i did a few times and we when we cried we didn't tell each other but we were both just like it was a big step even though it was a big step we were really happy about like we missed you know we missed our parents we knew that it was never going to be the same again we weren't a kid anymore so i think it was just that um and then i missed my sister of course but um, you know, FaceTiming and stuff. You just kind of adjust to it. But yeah, it was hard. The first week I was excited and happy. Just a lot of emotions. Um, but I was also like, you know, knew it was never going to be the same again. Um, I, I think like for me, um, when my parents left, like, you do the whole thing where you move all your stuff in and it's chaotic and it's crazy. And then um, they, you know, just like, I walked them back to their hotel and then they just like hugged me goodbye. And I was like, just off. And so I had to get right back to my dorm and get to orientation really fast. Um, And I just like remember (laughs) sitting in orientation, like, watching all this stuff, like being around all these people I did not know. Um, The only person I did know was my like roommate sitting right next to me. And like, that was the first time I like let myself cry. Um, Just like, Mm -hmm. I hadn't cried at all, but like, I was just like kind of freaking out a little bit in my head. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm like, I'm actually here. I'm actually like alone. Like I'm actually on my own. I don't like, they're not here anymore. Mm-hmm. So that was that was crazy. That was hard for me, but uh, I think it gets better with the longer you're there. Mm. Thank you guys both so much for acknowledging that because when I work with college students, I think this is one of the biggest things 
that they're not expecting, but it, it happens for so many, if not all, <laughs> dare I say, like, it's a huge shock. There's all this like excitement and buildup. And then it's like, you're actually there. And it's like, whoa, this is really happening. This is really real. And Georgia, like you said, is things are never going to be the same, mm -hmm. right? Like it's almost like for the first time in your life, it's not a baby step. It's a huge leap. Like it's so different from anything you've ever done. Yeah. Yeah. Um, something I wasn't like expecting to have so much of like when I got there was kind of this like nostalgia of like my childhood like clinging on to everything that reminded me of home at school um, and I've never been like a really sentimental or nostalgic kind of person but like everything that I could do at school that reminded me of home I just like clung on to like movies I would watch at home, like foods I would eat at home, like just things like that just kind of helped me get by those first couple months, I think. Yeah, things that felt like safe and familiar is how yeah. you learn to cope. That's beautiful. I love that. I like how they they look like what Georgia said and you know Lily says like when they left their parents and they're crying and they're feeling they're emoting mm -hmm. what was that like girls to see your parents be vulnerable and sad um well my dad does not cry a lot but when he does it's like you know it's just like a lot but um I mean, anytime one of my parents cries, it just makes me cry. So, um, yeah, I was just like, because I knew it was a lot for them, you know, it was a big step. I mean, you might have a different kind of thing because you were the last one to leave. Yeah. So they were becoming empty nesters with you. But for me, they had already gone through it um, three years prior with my brother, but they were still a little upset. Yeah, they, the, my parents actually didn't cry when they left me. Like, I didn't cry, they didn't cry. It was a very, like, um, non-emotional goodbye. And then I think, like, I don't like crying. I'm not a fan of crying. I don't like people seeing me cry. Um, so mm -hmm. if I can avoid emotion, I will do it at all costs. Um, so I, I was thankful that they didn't cry because when people are emotional, it makes me uncomfortable. So that's so honest. Like, yeah, like your parents knew to match the emotion yeah. to help you guys launch. Isn't that cool? They were mirroring back, Rachel, mm -hmm. what would be best for each kid. For Georgia, mm -hmm. crying was comfortable. For Lily, it was not. Yeah. <laughs> it probably did when they drove away. I bet they did. <laughs> yeah. You're out of sight. <laughs> yeah. So it sounds like there were some maybe like unmet needs. And maybe Linda can like explain a little bit more what we mean by that. Oh, yeah. So, you know, when you're you're leaving that attachment bond, there's a feeling of oh my goodness, what Lily said, I'm all alone here. I'm really doing this life now, just me. And what is that like? 
you know, the unmet need is to have a secure attachment, someone that you're close to, to be there for you. And the girls are very close because they're like born within a year of each other almost. So, I mean, just always having your sister. I mean, what was that like to not have your sister? Yeah, I mean, for me, like my sister can read me. Like she can tell actually how I'm feeling if I don't really say it. So having someone that understands you without you like verbalizing it, like, yeah, I miss that. Um, but unmet need, I think sometimes was, yeah, just having that one person that knew you your whole, kind of your whole life. Luckily, I did have a friend that went to college with me that was a lifelong friend. We were friends since kindergarten. And she was kind of, um, we got a lot closer because she was kind of like, you're talking about things that remind you of home. Um, like she reminds me a lot of home. She's like my, com you know, she's a very comforting friend. Um, and we, we remained friends. We're living together this year, but it was nice to have her around kind of cause she, not that she could ever replace my sister, but she knows me pretty well and can kind of read me pretty well. Like my sister can. So she kind of helped fill that unmet need, but. Yeah, I, I definitely think I experienced that. There was no one that I went to school with that had known me even like for a month. There was no one that had known me, not even my whole lifetime. So I was just like really struggling with getting to know other people, um, getting other people to know me, to understand me, to understand that no, I'm not mad. I, Lily just gets really run down sometimes and she just needs to be quiet. And then like, you know, you're just like really hypersensitive of everyone in those first couple of weeks. So I think just, uh, it was it was a lot. It was exhausting explaining yourself to people and people not understanding you. Um, but it's just something you learn in time. Um, yeah, it was just, just a lot of ups and downs with that, but it gets better. <laughs> yeah, you're so brave and courageous to have went that far away, Lily, from home and to have to try to create a, a bond elsewhere without having a lifelong friend there. And what a blessing that Georgia did have a friend there. So it took a lot of bravery and courage, Lily. Yes, it did. I'm looking at Rachel. She's looking at me. So we're going <laughs> to. Yeah, no, we're fine. We're doing um, the thing. I want to ask like, so one thing that comes up a lot is uh, external pressure. You know, like when you're in college, you're getting questions from everyone. What are you going to do when you graduate? What's your major? Oh, what are you going to do with that? Like, so what kind of uh, like external pressure? Do you feel like you got in college versus when you were in high school? Like, how did that change for you all? That's a good question. That changed. I can go first, or you, you already have some. You can go first. So for me, the like biggest hurdle to get over was when you get to school, people want to know who you are, who is Lily Slagle, who is Georgia Slagle. They want to know and if you don't have an answer, then it's, it's really difficult. Like, 
And I think it's for me, like you, not everyone knows who they are like going into school. Like it's just, and I think a lot of people find out who they are in college. So I think that was just really difficult for me having all the answers, knowing I, you know, like, I don't know what I feel about that. Like, I, like I'm so up, up and down and that was just really difficult for me. Um, yeah. Um, for me, we went to a really small high school and a small, you know, Southern town. So, well, I guess more Southern, not really Southern, but you know, Southern feel. Um, so I think in the external pressure I felt in high school was we came from a big sports school was like to play sports and, you know, be a big, like all about your high school and cheering on the football team. And I don't know, I think that's the external pressure I felt to play a sport and I was not athletic. I became a yoga instructor my senior year instead of playing sports. Yeah. So I didn't really like let the external pressure bother me, but I think I had to get over that. But that was what I felt in high school. And then in college, I think I'd rather feel this external pressure. Um, I'm in like the farmer school of business and there's all this pressure centered around, you have to have an internship like every summer and you have to have exceptional grades because it's a business school and the people outside of business school say like, oh, the business school's easy. like you should have exceptional grades um but i'm an accounting major and i don't really think it's simple (laughs) so um but there's all that pressure around it and it did push me to like you know um be ambitious and go after things and i already have an internship for next summer with a company that i really um want to you know learn more about and maybe work for at post-grad but um, and that external pressure was healthy, I think, but to a certain extent, I had to kind of ignore that you had to have an internship every summer because most people don't, or that you had to have, um, you know, a 4.0 to do this and that A, B, and C, and you don't. So I think the external pressure I like better in college because it's more like pushing me um, academically, which is what I like, but in high school is more, I guess, more social and cultural, I guess, but. Wow, that's a lot of pressure to um, have an internship or, you know, an externship every summer. And then what Lily said is, who are you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest question. In that is such a loaded question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. Rachel, did you know who you were in college? No, no. I think I, I I'm uh, relating to Lily a lot as she speaks, like, I went somewhere where I didn't have any friends. I was really far from home and my first year and I hated it. And I ended up transferring closer to home. So really proud of you. <laughs> really fun. That was only five hours and you're like, I'm 10 or 11. I'm like, could not know. Yeah. And also did not know who I was and yeah, struggled to figure that out. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're like 18 and 19. You, you, you have been on earth 18 years. Who are you? What do you believe? What are you going to do? Yeah. Oh. What's your stance on this or that? Yeah. Yeah. You don't know. And then there's also like a lot of pressure on the answer being wrong, you know, mm. like being wrong about who you are or people not liking who you actually are. Yeah. Yeah. 
almost like when they're asking, it kind of feels like they're sizing you up or like judging, right? Like, yeah. I know because everybody uses social media platforms now to, and I know it's a great tool. We love it. And I, I just don't think that you can know for sure about anything. I think life's very gray. Mm. And, you know, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> you know, how are you going to, well, I'm going to take a stance on A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Okay. Maybe in a year you'll have an experience and your viewpoint will change. So that's, that's too, that's too black and white. I feel lily. I'm like, that's, that's too black and white to, to know yourself. And, and you guys are doing a great job, girls, of sharing and being open right now. It's so good. Yeah, thank so, you so much. Yeah. We're really asking some deep questions here. Yeah. I know. They're doing so good. Okay, I think we're on what emotions did you experience, Georgia, during those first two years of campus life? How did you, did you feel a lot of happy and joy or did you feel you know, anxious, sad? What, what kind of emotions did you experience? Because I think young people need to hear what to expect when they're off on campus. I kind of equate it to a roller coaster. It, it has its ups and downs, hills and valleys kind of thing. Um, I mean, I think it just, that's life in general. It's, it's gonna be up and ups and downs. Um, uh, yeah, it's a it's a weird time of my life. I feel like it's a time where I've felt the most external pressure to be this, be that, look this way, you know, act this way. But then it's also a time where I've really grown more into myself and my like personal faith. And um, it's kind of a weird counterbalance kind of thing. Um, <clears throat> but I think I just, yeah, initially I felt kind of fear of like, Am I going to have what I've always dreamed of? And then I felt a lot of joy and happiness and sweetness. I think this past um, year, I've grown a lot in my friendships. And I really I really love a lot of the friendships I've formed. So I think I feel very fulfilled when I'm at school. But I still have challenges and bad days and days I still like get upset. But that's normal. And I think it makes you stronger. I feel like um, I've had great friends that have been with me through times of like need. Um, but yeah, I feel all the emotions I feel like. I like that, that's so wise. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, Rachel. She's so wise to know that, that life's full of, of a mixed bag of emotions. <laughs> Good. Lilybug, sorry, call her Lilybug, that's what we- <laughs> Oh, and feel free to pass because you literally just said, if I can avoid emotions, I will. So. <laughs> that's- uh- <laughs> So I'm different than Georgia when we had my first year, but I, yeah, I would just say like all the emotions, I think, um, emotions I didn't even think that I was going to like have come up, like just, um, I think this past year has probably been the hardest year of my life. Um, I wouldn't, um, well, I just think it's been the biggest change, this, the biggest shift I've had in my life. Um, and I think it's just like being vulnerable, realizing when you need help, like when you need to talk to somebody and, you know, taking that for yourself. Which is huge. 
and a lot harder than people realize to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and do you guys feel, because your generation is, you know, not my generation, Rachel's closer to your generation. Do you guys feel like people are more open to mental health and taking care of your unmet needs and longings and fears? What, what do you guys think? Do you think people are more open in your generation? I don't know. Yeah, I, I, at least my friends at school were like all of them had either talked to someone or explored the idea of talking to someone before, um, which was really different um, because none of my friends at home talked to someone like that was just like completely different. Um, but they were all very like supportive of it. But I think even if you do have a supportive environment, it's it's something like mentally you just have to go through yourself to to feel like to open up about not being okay not being able to take care of yourself on your own um and and needing help so i think even even if you do have a really inclusive environment and really open environment to that i think it's still really difficult but yes i all of my friends are very, very supportive of talking to someone. I would say a lot of my female friends are. I mean, I go to a very like traditional kind of like university where Greek life is very prevalent. Um, I have female friends that, you know, do seek counseling um, and we're all supportive of one another and, you know, ask each other how it goes. Um, like my sorority has a mental health committee and we get up and talk about stuff like that. Um, but I do know one of my guy friends, his, um, fraternity, they do have like, they call it like, they do have like this meeting where like anyone can come in and talk and like, it's kind of meant to be more of a vulnerable space. And I know like they're a pretty nice, um, there's a lot of nice guys in there. Um, but I know sometimes not a lot of guys will come. Um, and they're all going through stuff like they're in college, but some of them will open up. But I've heard like my friends say, you know, I think more people like would come or should come. Um, but I think for guys, they don't feel like they can be as vulnerable. That's just been my experience. Um, like they have to be like the tough guy and like not have, you know, talk about things. Um, but that's just been my experience. More girls are, I feel like, are that I've been encountered with than um, the males that I've interacted with at school. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I, it's good to hear that your generation is more open to mental health and being um, not okay, as Lily said, and that's so good. That's so good. And guys need to have that access Georgia thanks for sharing that I, that's so good to hear that they have a, a place a safe place to go and share their fears because guys have fears too they just don't talk about them not all, I mean some guys will yeah 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 um, I know you, you can each only kind of speak on your specific campuses but do you feel like there's resources for folks that need them for mental health is it like well advertised yeah, I, we have, I know at my school, we have like, I think you can go and get counseling, like first three or five sessions are free. Um, and then they have like this, where you can go through your insurance, but your parents won't know about it kind of thing. Cause some people don't want their parents to know. 
um, which I think makes people feel safe. But I've also heard people say the counselors at my school, they don't think are like the best. Um, and I know people that like will drive 30 minutes um, around us or do telehealth um, as well. But I do think there are resources. I think it could be like marketed better within like all the sororities on campus. We all pretty sure we all have mental health committees and um, like those resources are made known to us. Um, and I feel like it could be a little bit better advertised like campus wise, but I, everyone kind of generally knows that you can go and get counseling for free for at least a few of them for free and that your parents will not have to know about it if you didn't want them to. Yeah. Um, I, SCAD has resources and I actually like, I explored them at first um, when I was seeking, seeking someone for counseling. Um, but I would say that I don't think that they're the best because um, basically you get like, I think it's like eight or six sessions with them for free. And then after that, you can't go to them anymore. So they can advertise that we have free counseling, but it's like counseling with an expiration date, basically. Um, so I didn't like that personally, that uh, I wanted something a little more long-term. I don't think you can uh, put a recovery time on like something like that. I just I don't know. I wasn't a fan of that, but I do have friends that have talk to people and it's been a, a good resource for people that can't afford to talk to somebody else but yeah they definitely could use some improvement yeah thanks for your honesty ladies sounds like it's it's limited yeah okay what about like you know you guys kind of mentioned it being a roller coaster there can be really difficult at times and i'm just kind of like wondering did you develop any coping skills that kind of kept you motivated mm -hmm. like any advice for you know future yeah. freshmen coming in um i can kind of share i think i'm always like been a regimen and like routine kind of person so kind of finding your groove and your routine um like if I worked out every morning, it kind of helped like me start my day off like kind of, you know, more de-stressed and like kind of got some energy out. Um, I, I'm a, you know, I'm a religious person. So I would read, um, actually one of my friends bought me really sweet. One of my friends for Christmas for Secret Santa bought me like a devotional, like a daily devotional. So I read that every morning kind of starts like puts my head in the right space um because a lot will come out through your day you might drop your starbucks or your professor might you know be unfair or whatever might come your way you just if i try to have a nice morning routine and start my day off well um i do listen to a lot of podcasts myself i feel like those have helped um one that i really like is whoa that's good um it's by sadie robertson and she talks about a lot of different things, but she's also a little younger um, in her 20s. So she can kind of relate, uh, speak a lot to like what I'm thinking. She does a lot of ministry with college age kids. Um, and I don't know, I think I would, I read and I journal before I go to bed. Um, so that's a really, I mean, everybody says journaling is great. Like it's a good coping mechanism, even if it's sometimes it's 
I write what I'm so grateful for and sometimes when it's angry, like this really made me mad today, but it's it's a hodgepodge of whatever um, I'm feeling. So I think those are my coping mechanisms and talking to my friends. I'm, I think I just always am talking to my friends and we're always checking on one another, but those are mine. Um, I think for me, um, learning to spend time on your own. Um, I like, I have a car and I think none of my sweetmates had cars. So I felt like anytime I went anywhere, I needed to offer for them to come with me. And I think sometimes I'm the type of person that needs quiet time, I need alone time, I need to decompress and just learning to not always ask people to come with me everywhere to be okay to go alone um to spend a lot of time alone yeah and sometimes like when you're having like tough conversations or you're starting to feel frustrated or overwhelmed like learning just to like walk away before you like let your emotions like overwhelm you um that was like a big one for me. So if someone was like saying something that was just like feeling like a direct blow to you, just kind of just getting up and just quietly just leaving. Yeah, boundaries. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. The boundaries. So that's so good. And Georgia, I love the journaling at night. The neuroscience shows that journaling at night what you accomplish that day also what you want to accomplish more of your next day is so helpful and that's a great technique and lily being alone is amazing i love love that you decide to just get in your car like tune tune everyone out and just you and you know your creator and just you just being you having that time to not feel, because I'm an HSP that's a hypersensitive person. Rachel and I did an HSP podcast. If you feel other people's emotions when you're around them, you feel what they feel. You definitely need time away from people and that's okay. Yeah, I, I think like also, I, I've talked to Lamilla about this before, but like going through the, everyone's going through something at school. So sometimes you can feel overwhelmed with your friends kind of somewhat trauma dumping on you or unloading what they're going through. And then sometimes it can just become really, really overwhelming. Yeah. yeah. Right, like now you're carrying that too, mm -hmm. yeah. One time's definitely important. That's something that I don't get enough of, but I'm, I, I kind of like being around people and at college I think that's a biggest shift you're constantly surrounded by people you have a roommate um you're in classes and you want to be surrounded because you want to form these friendships really fast and you kind of don't want to be alone that fear of being alone almost makes you like go into this mode of being around people all the time but I am like I have my own room next year and without a roommate and as much as I love all my roommates that I've lived with and they've been amazing um, and I'm living with three of my best friends. It's kind of nice to have that door to shut and have your alone time. Um, yeah, but I think it is healthy to have more time. There was one Saturday that I said, I 
I can't do it. Like I need time for myself. And I went to a coffee shop by myself, did some homework. And then I went to a yoga class by myself. And I definitely needed it. I recognized I needed that alone time. I don't get it every week, but um, I knew I needed it. Yeah, it's important. Yeah, time to like process our emotions and our experiences. And that helps us figure out who we are, right? Which was like, you know, one of the big obstacles. That's so good. And, and Georgia recognized, hey, I need to detach. Yeah. That was good, good awareness on her part, you know, and just knowing when you need to be alone and when you need people. And it sounds like Lily is more of an introvert. I don't know that. And Georgia's more of an extrovert. Yeah. I'm, it's funny. I'm like, I'm like, I would say like 20% of the time I'm like a full on extrovert. And then like, I just need that other like 80% to just be like really, really introverted. Um, but if you meet me at my 20%, you're like, whoa, this girl is really extroverted. I would never think she needs alone time. <laughs> good what uh you know we got a few minutes left so miss rachel what other questions would you like to ask lily and georgia or do we want to let them tell us what they want to share i i, I think my question is kind of combining that <laughs> i was going to ask like what do you feel needs to be talked about more when it comes to the transition to college like what do you wish people knew Um, I think, I think for things I can think about are like, I told you, like my roommate and I both cried and we didn't tell each other. Uh, and then we laughed about it when we found out like we both were like, were crying at night. Um, I think just like the normalcy of like, yeah, it's exciting and everyone's excited to be there, but you're going to be a little, it's a, you know, like I said, nothing's ever, this is going to be the same. Like it's a big jump like you're gonna be upset um I think for me I go to a really big party school so I think talking about it's okay to stay in or it's not you're not not cool or you're not not a fun time if you stay in or you know like the Saturday I spent the day with myself everybody was out um drinking like a lot of my friends were out like you know um hanging out and at parties and stuff. So I think just no, like it needs to be normal size that like everybody kind of needs time away from that or, you know, their alone time because that is a social, you know, activity being around people, you know, especially large groups of people. So I think, yeah, normal, like making it normal to be alone or, you know, um, stepping out of that like environment if you need to. Yeah. Interesting. I think just like being like, I don't think I ever thought about how I was gonna be so aware of others' emotions at school. Um, you're really just like on guard, like with others' emotions the entire time, um, which is good. You make good connections with people, but I think like it's also really, really tiring. Um, so just figuring out ways that you can just like get some alone time in get some quiet time um yeah i think i think that was like just like the biggest hurdle for me 
and uh, there are a lot of people that don't think the same way as you don't <laughs> feel the same way as you and they're gonna express that and you probably will have your feelings hurt by a lot of people but it's just something that you've got to get through and makes your skin a little tougher it can be a culture shock for many uh, especially if you come from like a small school small town like you guys were describing yeah, yeah. thanks for sharing yeah that's so good thank you girls i think the theme i'm hearing is being able to set limits on your time spent with others yeah. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah. 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 It's like, I don't know, whenever I would FaceTime my brother, because um, I like went to him a lot when I was in college, you know, like, did this ever happen to you? And he, I mean, he opened up to me about things that I didn't know he felt or anything like that. Um, and he only will if I'm like vulnerable about it. And he feels like, you know, he needs, he can give me advice. But he would even like be like, well, you like you should say yes to like a lot. You know, he was encouraging me to be highly social like he was because I and I wanted the experience he had. So I was. But every now and then I needed that time away. And I think when you first go to college, you feel all this pressure to be around people constantly and be turned on completely in, in tune and, you know, the biggest extrovert. Um, and I think it's like until you feel like you have a foundation with your friends, you don't feel like justified in having that alone time yet. So I think taking that alone time in small doses might help, you know, nothing like too big to where you feel like you're, you're missing out on making friends. Um, that can be as simple as going for a walk, you know, mm -hmm. or just, stu you know, studying in the library by yourself. But then it can also be like lonely to be by yourself when you're first there. So kind of balancing that, I guess. But yeah, that's the theme, I think. Yeah. Well, girls, do you have anything else you'd like to share before we wrap up this awesome podcast that you all have really helped us to understand and our listeners to understand more about mental health in college? No, I, I think that's like it for me. Do you have anything? I think I've shared pretty much all of it. Yeah. Uh, the one thing I can think of is like one of my friends said like, um, or one of uh, one of the Peloton instructors I like says like, protect your yes by saying no. Um, oh, and kind of like that alone time thing. And one of my friends started doing that this year. She started saying no more. And it wasn't because she didn't love spending time with us. She just needed that time for herself. And when she explained it to me, I understood it wasn't like, oh, I don't want to hang out with you. So I think normal, like, don't be afraid to say no, but don't say no too much also. But don't be afraid to say no in order for your yes to be you giving your all, I guess. That's powerful. I love that. Mm -hmm. I love that too. Yeah. Well, girls, thank you so much for taking a Saturday morning with Rachel and I to do this awesome podcast. We appreciate you both being on here today. Of course, thank you for having thank us. You. I've enjoyed talking to y'all both. Yeah. Bye. Right. Till next time.